was on Megan Fox and her recent um, interview with Glamour and a lot of people have posted this video in parts where I'm going to be playing this in full interviews because she did say a lot more thing than just you know dramatizing the drinking of her fiance's or her husband's blood and I'm using this video to actually showcase uh, and I'm going to be stopping it intermittently uh, to showcase exactly what she says and what is really happening and you know like a lot of people look up to her uh, and she's portrayed this beautiful image of her that's constructed and you know people are, are like falling for this kind of beauty and whatever that comes out of her mouth as if it's something cool and glamorous when it's actually not and she's a you know a dying soul and I don't have anything personal against her I mean I pray that she finds God finds Jesus and turns us around um, but the path that she's on right now it's totally self-destruct and she's carrying on that self-destruction on to her fiance husband and her kids with another man so it's important to kind of see you know uh, as she talks uh, what it's really all about and this is my glamour unfiltered. The first time around when I was dealing like ast with astronomical levels of fame, that in itself is a type of trauma. That level of fame is a traumatic event. My psychological type is not an introvert, but fame made me introverted. And if you're delicate or sensitive at all, I think it's a really hard thing to go through. And so I shut down a lot and sort of retreated from everything and was essentially in hiding for several years of my life and then due to unforeseen events um <laughs> sort of got drugged back out into the into the spotlight again i think i'm so much better equipped now to to deal with it and to experience it in a way where i can actually enjoy some of it i was ahead of the me too movement by almost a decade i was sort of speaking out against um, just to go back on the fame thing, I mean, her entire purpose and career is to go into Hollywood and become famous. That's why people go start acting and wanting to go to Hollywood. She does blockbuster movies, so of course, you know, saying that I'm a victim of fame is kind of ridiculous. I'm sure she feels some sort of pressure now that she is famous because all eyes are looking onto her, uh, whatever she does, you know, and gets posted somewhere. But at the same time, I mean, she's not naive to not know that when you want to go pursue a career as a Hollywood film star, that you're not going to be famous and looked at at all times. So it's somewhat disgenuine that, you know, she doesn't understand the whole idea of fame and seems to be a victim. She's not a victim. She's wealthy. She's, you know, multi-millionaire and has a celebrity status. And on top of that, you know, she spends all her time looking like the way she does. So you don't become famous for being normal looking, you know. So these people transform themselves head to toe 
and go out and seek that fame and you know outrageous status whenever attention-seeking type of stuff that includes you know this video of drinking each other's blood if you don't want to be famous you don't talk and do stuff like this you don't go on clamor and do a whole interview expose about her life and her family and what she does and you know all this stuff and in the next part of it she's going to talk about feminism you know feminism has nothing to do with doing whatever you want and uh, be outrageous to, and do it while demeaning men and to be able to put them down in their place as if that's like empowering themselves that's actually lowering themselves they're not becoming part of society they're wanting to dominate uh, the whole uh, life over men and dominate every industry so women are sort of wanting to like take over and rule the world uh, attitude when its opposite effect is happening you know families are being broken down and too much empowerment in the wrong direction is not what the Bible talks about that's how a society dies that's how all this craziness that's happening is because the first thing that started to uh, movement uh, started with feminism back in you know 50 or more years ago. Uh, Gloria Steinem was one of the leading feminists back then, right? So what do they all have in common? They don't like family. They don't like men. They want to put them down, belittle them. And they're trying to say, well, you know, it's uh, we're against patriarchal, um, misogynistic type of men, but in reality, they're just wanting to dominate so they can do whatever they want freely and the Bible talks about you know like the relationship between a man and a woman particularly in the context of a husband and wife you know God didn't go into too many details of single men and single men uh, women interacting with each other other than uh, not to have sexual relations on you know outside of marriage but it didn't say you a man could control a woman and dominate over her and a woman could dominate over a man in all situations. That that's not the case. He set out a rule to saying that in the context of a husband and wife, uh, a wife was to submit to her husband, and the husband was supposed to love her as much as he loves himself. So that would, uh, you know, have a healthy functioning uh, nuclear family where they can, you know, not only be embraced with each other as husband and wife but then also allow for their future generation and kids in a healthy home. And all of that's thrown out the window now. It's all this empowerment, this empowerment, that. And there's no submission. No one talks about submission. So that means submission in the workplace, submission in, in the context of other relationship. People have to downgrade themselves a little bit, not constantly trying to upgrade their status as if they're more important than everyone else when they're not and that was the whole idea that Jesus said to not only love God but to love everyone else as yourself so you're putting in an equal status with everyone else you're not trying to elevate over man or over other women or anyone else you're just um, there to love other people as they are and form in that circle wherever you're planted you're supposed to shine there not in this Me Too movement bullshit that she's going to be talking about.
abusive, misogynistic, patriarchal things that were going on in Hollywood back in 2008 and 2009, way before people were ready to embrace that or, or tolerate it. And I actually got ridiculed for doing it. And I think, you know, people just had time to review that, like in re retrospect, to look back and go, oh, she was actually saying a lot of the same things that all of these people are saying now. And she was sort of persecuted for that. And it's probably not the um, most loving, kind, transcendent way to deal with her. I mean, I didn't feel like I was accepted by much of the feminist community, me being a mirror for those particular people, whatever I provoke um, in them is not something that they can uh, digest very well. And so that comes back on me as they, they reject me for, for those reasons. I just didn't think that I was a very sympathetic victim. And so I You're not a victim. You're in Hollywood, known to be pedophiles and satanic worship industry. All kinds of evils are in that place. And you pursue those careers in that particular area. And you go, you know, you're still out there doing everything that they're doing. There's nothing different. You're the one who's bloodletting and drinking each other's blood, going seeking occultic practices, and doing all the things that Hollywood is known for all their ugliness, evil. You're participating in it. So why are you a victim? You're not a victim. You're not a feminist. You are a Hollywood actress who's showcasing yourself and your body for others and there's nothing if you really wanted to stop the abusive practices why don't you outline them make a video outlining exactly what their abusive practices are name those people and then showcase uh, all the victimized of children and everything else that they're doing and including occult practices that you yourself practice in why don't you just say you know Hollywood is an evil place and it's been doing all these kinds of crazy things so what's with the me too hashtag movement there is no such thing nothing came of it I didn't want to speak out because I didn't feel like it would be received in a positive way and I honestly don't, I still don't think it would be I still do a lot of things that are so provocative for some reason like regardless of which community it is I was being celebrated as being a feminist until I had the nerve to call my boyfriend daddy and then a lot of people got upset about that which I think is a funny conversation to actually have like so she just got done saying that Hollywood is misogynistic and patriarchal and then she then turned around and called her boyfriend daddy that's you know it, it's belittling and demeaning men that's all it is so that's the message that she's really sending but she can't even elevate her own boyfriend to a respectable level. But she has to demean him to call him daddy. As if she's like, what, incestuous now? Isn't that kind of implying incest? To be able to sleep with the man that you're calling daddy? That goes into allowing women to be women, allowing us to experience what we want and like what we like. That is feminism. I don't know if the psychological breakdown was. That's not feminism. I mean, she so far has alluded to fame, incestuous act to call her boyfriend daddy, uh, and then demeaning men in Hollywood and calling it a Me Too thing. 
So she's already said a lot of things that are a normal, healthy woman would not go through or say. Um, but yet, she doesn't see that, that that's not feminism. It's just playing into whatever they're telling you that it's feminism. It's, it's a created culture. It's not true feminism. Strictly related to being objectified, I think it was more related to just being dehumanized. I have social media, but I don't personally use it. Um, I have somebody who posts for me, and I decide what I want to say. And then, but I don't actually physically do it myself because I think it's sinister. I think it's evil. And I don't think people understand. Oh, my God. See, that's why I have to start and stop because it's just so stupid. I don't use social media because it's sinister and evil. I have someone else do it. So... That would make it less sinister, less evil, if it's the responsibility of someone else that she's pushing all this stuff. Why not just don't use it? Okay, I would have believed you if you said, you know what, social media is bad, it's evil, and that's why I don't use it. But no, she has to put a, a, a person between her and her social media tweets or messages or whatever. So she's still participating in that sinister and evil, she just wants it one person removed from her. So it's, it's, again, it's stupid. She's not living up to her own standards that she's establishing. Dan, we've come to this place where we grasp, like, bullying is bad. But then when it comes to a celebrity, um, all of that is thrown out the window. Maybe it was worse back then. I actually don't think so. I think with the invention of social media, it's so accessible now that it's, that it's much worse. But it was more than neg negativity that was constantly being towards me or directed towards me it doesn't even require somebody to actually say something directly to me it doesn't require me to read it but when so many people around the world are are thinking about you or have negative thoughts or intentions towards you that energy permeates me it penetrates me I don't have boundaries and walls for that I'm, I am still human I, I am still fragile in that way you are human but you're looking like a demon Look at your fingernails. They're like claws. The way you're dressed with your boobs hanging out and a you know big glamour jacket over that. And your makeup, it's all, you know, eyebrows are painted on. They're not natural eyebrows. They're actually tattooed on like that. So it's a look that she's creating. If she really thinks all that negativity towards her uh, is unwarranted through social media, then don't do social media. There are many, many actors and actresses you never hear about it in social media because they don't interact with it. Um, but she does interact with it, and she has another person to do it for her. So it, it's like you're victimizing yourself if you can't handle it. And, you know, you're portraying an image constantly where other people look up to you, especially young girls who think, and men who think that you're super hot, and they play into everything that you're doing and saying. And that's where the harm comes because you don't realize that you have your own uh, actions to be accountable for. So if you really don't like the negativity, be a positive change. Get off the social media and do things that are positive and wholesome for people to look up to. And since they would follow you, perhaps they won't follow you because if you're doing wholesome things, you're just not that edgy anymore. You're not that character that you're portraying as a cartoon figure. Uh, 
but you would be a real person. And, you know, getting fame and recognition as a wholesome, healthy person who hasn't damaged themselves in so many ways, it's pretty hard to do, you know, in this world. It's, that's why Satan runs it, you know. But in God's kingdom, the righteous people are going to be famous. They're going to be all that and more than whatever you could ever hope for in this life. Feel and that that was more of the struggle. It wasn't related to anything specific. It was just that I wasn't allowed to be a human because I was a topic of conversation and gossip and punchlines. I'm just so much more grounded, and I I identify so much more with not with my ego, more with my soul, and I'm able to separate a lot of the things that are happening and realize that they're not real. Everything that I experience as a struggle or painful is an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for a lesson, for learning, for for transcending. And so my, my perception is different, my approach is different, and that allows for my experience to be different, obviously. I think there's a fear that's very present, so no one wants to be the person to do something, but then it comes back on them that they're outed or they're getting canceled. In acting, at least in that part of Hollywood, it has been one way for so long. If a woman comes on a set and is like, I don't like this shot. I don't like this scene. I don't like this dialogue. We have to work on this. We have to change this. That's still perceived as her being a high-maintenance bitch versus when a man comes on a set and says the same things. Everybody's like, oh, fuck, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. we got to rewrite this scene. It's not right. He's respected as an artist. He's respected as knowing what he wants. That's still very present. The regret I have is that my personality is... Okay, I'm sure that happens, you know, where they're going to take a man more seriously than a woman. I don't doubt that. But at the same time, you are a blockbuster movie star. And you have the fame and the wealth to go along to pick your own movies. And I doubt that they're doing this now since you are a high money-making star. So, you know, all this stuff, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because... You know, if, if she was a struggling actress and all this was happening, that'd be one thing. But she's not, you know, like she's, she's in blockbuster movies whenever she makes some. Although lately she, she hasn't had any. But at the same time, they're going to take her seriously because they, they don't want to mess with their own stars. And, it, you know, it costs a lot of money to produce a movie. And a lot of uh, employees are entangled with it, you know, financiers and all these people that have to come together to make a movie, not just the actors. So they want to make everything go right, because if they don't, then they don't make money back in the movie that they put out. So they will listen to everything that's you know sounds good and valuable, because they don't want to mess up the movie. So I, I don't really take to what she's saying is really a big deal, because, you know, it's it's... Once they have their established star, heroine, and a hero for the movie, they're going to want to make the best movie that they can and listen to ideas to make it better. And if the ideas are stupid, they're not going to ruin their own movie. So I doubt that has so much to do with, well, I'm only going to listen to men and I'm not going to listen to women. Uh, it has to do probably with making the best movie possible with what they're given lost on people like my sense of humor is lost um my intelligence is not 
acknowledged. Sometimes I feel like I just waste my energy giving myself to people who don't understand and won't appreciate. But I've not. <sighs> Your intelligence is not acknowledged because you're not doing intelligent things. You got your boobs painted, shadowed, to make it look like you got breast cleavage. You got, you know, they're hanging out, and you're coming on here as a cartoon character. You think that really anyone cares about your intelligence at this point? No one cares about your intelligence when you look like that and portray yourself in that direction as a drag queen. So I'm not saying that you don't look good. You look good, break. In that, you know outward appearance that you're putting on as a character but no one's going to care about your mind if that's not what you're really focused on you could do intelligent things and i'm pretty sure you're very intelligent because it would have to take a lot of intelligence to be successful at what you're doing except you're not portraying the things from your mind you're portraying things from your body so don't get hung up on your intelligence you want that then you got to you know, sell your mind. Where I look back now and I'm like, I really shouldn't have done, I really shouldn't have said, because even the terrible things caused me to do so much work on myself. I mean, that's what he says. He says that he, and I do believe this, was like, even the day before was trying to uh, basically quit the movie and his best friend Rook, his drummer, and then also his manager Ashley were both like, play your scenes with Megan Fox and he was like, and I had a reverse experience where I didn't know why I was taking the movie I just knew something about I needed to do it for some reason and then when I was in the table read there was still one <laughs> character that hadn't been cast and I was like who uh who's playing that character and they were like oh Machine Gun Kelly and I like kind of knew the name but did it so I'm like Machine Gun Kelly and I like look it up and I was like oh so much trouble because he's literally like my exact physical type that I've been manifesting since I was four. I'm also four years older than him so I think I made him my thoughts and intentions grew him into the person that he is who knows what he would have looked like or been like if it wasn't for me. He might have been normal not into witchcraft but again you're talking about words like manifesting and you know conjuring him up that's not that's all spiritual things and are demonic. You, you know, you don't go after many thinking of an idea that is that's that's the idea of that um, thing that happened a few years ago where you think of something and it can be manifested. Forgot the name, but it's that same spirituality crap. It's all new age uh, demonic witchcraft that you think it you can have it and. They're not asking God for that. They're just manifesting it on their own. I guess to drink each other's blood might mislead people or like people are imagining us with like goblets and we're like Game of Thrones drinking each other's blood. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only. So this is the part that many videos have been made this blood drinking thing and few drops of ritual purposes only well that's totally witchcraft uh, you're not you know the Bible says you're not to drink blood at all and they're not just drinking blood because they like blood they're also drinking it for 
a spiritual, religious, ceremonial, ritual thing that they're doing. So ritual to whom? Is it to God or is it to Satan? Well, God doesn't tell you to do this stuff, so it has to be to Satan. I mean, you don't ritual to yourself. You're doing it to some higher uh, demonic spirit or some spirit that's not of God. So this is what God actually says um, about many verses. Throughout the whole Bible, you know, blood is a significant thing, whether it's through sacrifices or the blood of Jesus at the cross. And throughout, you know, the, the, so the blood is a theme throughout the whole Bible. But specifically in few verses, he has said, you must not eat a blood of any bird or animal. And you must not drink it. You, you know, he doesn't want anyone at all to be eating or drinking blood. So I'll just read you the few verses. Uh, under Leviticus uh, 7, 26 through 27, Wherever you live, you must not eat the blood of any bird or animal. Anyone who eats blood must be cut off from their people. And then on to Leviticus 17, 8 through 13, it says, Say to them, any Israelite or a foreigner residing among who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice and does not bring it to the entrance of the tent or a meeting to sacrifice it, to the Lord must be cut off from people of Israel. I will set my face against any Israelite or any foreigner residing among them who eats blood, and I will cut them off from the people. For the life of the creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar, and it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Therefore I say to Israelites, none of you may eat the blood, nor any foreigner residing among you eat blood. Any Israelite or foreigner residing among you who hunts any animal or bird that may be eaten must drain out the blood and cover it with earth, because the life of every creature is in the blood. And that is why I have said to the Israelites, you must not eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is in the blood. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. So Leviticus 19, 26 says, Do not eat any meat with blood still in it. Do not practice divination or seek omens. So it's basically saying uh, it's witchcraft. You know, don't, don't drink the blood and don't go after witchcrafty stuff. But if you be sure... So this is in Deuteronomy 12, 23 to 25. But be sure that you do not eat the blood because the life is in the blood and you must not eat the life with the meat. You must not eat the blood. Pour it out in the ground like water. Do not eat it so it may go well with you and your children after you because you, are, you will be doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord. So it's a blessing. If you don't eat it, you know, not only are you saying that the life is in the blood of all creatures, um, but if you do do it, if you don't do it, then not only will it go well with you, but your children as well. So she's kind of putting a curse, not only on herself, but her children for doing the ritualistic blood stuff that she's doing. So continuing on to Deuteronomy 15.23, same thing, you must not eat the blood, but pour it onto the ground like water. And then on Samuel, uh, story that uh, he in 1433 to 34, uh, it goes on a story where they did actually eat the blood and sinned against the Lord. So it said, They pounced on the plunder and taking sheep, cattle, calves, 
and butchered them on the ground and ate them together with the blood. And then someone said to Saul, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that has blood in it. You have broken, broken faith. He said, Roll a large stone over here, here at once. And then he goes, Go out among the men and tell them, and each of them to bring me your cattle and sheep and slaughter them here and eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat with the blood still in it. So everyone brought an ox uh, that night and slaughtered it there. So basically, if you are going to be drinking or eating blood, you're sinning against God. And that's what Megan Fox is doing right now. She's sinning against God. So ultimately what the message is, uh, this, is this is in 1 John 5, 1 through 12. Uh, it says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. And part of his command is don't drink any blood. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. It's not burdensome to stay away from this occultic stuff and not do what God said. Don't drink any blood. For everyone born of overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Uh, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So all the believers are the one uh, that have faith in Jesus Christ, are the ones who are going to overcome the world. Everyone else, like Megan Fox, they're falling into the world. They're not overcoming it. They're participating. Her and many, you know, there's so much ritual witchcraft stuff everywhere, and they're normalizing it as if it's cool and trendy and hot, and you put a, a hot figure uh, persona on it, and it, you know, makes people think that this is awesome and cool. When God says, don't, don't eat the um, blood, don't drink it. And if you do, you're sinning against God, and you have not overcome the world. So continuing on, it says, This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Um, basically because he was born uh, into the womb by in water, and he died in blood, in his own blood. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. And there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And three are in agreement. We accept the testi human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because his testimony in God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you're essentially uh, accepting God's testimony, not man's testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made himself out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony of God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son, and whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son, uh, a Son of God, does not have life. So that is the whole story, essentially, what the message of the Bible is, that this is God's testimony, that He has given us eternal life, and we can only get eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Whoever believes... We have internal life, and whoever doesn't, we they don't. So Megan Fox is not worshiping God of the Bible and Christ, his son. And so she is not part of God's testimony. She does not believe God's testimony. 
So she's not going to have eternal life. She's going to straight to hell. Unless someone can reach to her and God can reach to her to change her ways and confess her sins. So she's, you know, this video uh, is actually, she's confessing her sins to the public. This is all the stuff that she does, occultic stuff, who she worships. You know, she worships Satan. She doesn't worship God. And to her, she's saying that, you know, that is her God, even though she doesn't put a name on it. But her actions and what she's saying that she does is does not... Um, does not align itself with the word of God when he clearly says don't do these things don't seek after omens and don't seek after shamans and other kinds of witchcraft don't drink the blood that's part of his testimony um, so I'm going to continue playing this it is used for a reason and it is controlled where it's like let's shed a few drops of blood and each drink it he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like take my soul <laughs> see even like the statement of take my soul well you are taking his soul because it's all demonic and you're allowing your demons to take his soul from him because you're not the good uh, wife to him to tell him to do the right thing and you doing the right thing you're not doing anything biblical. You're worshiping your God who is Satan. And of course he's going to take your soul. So you're just a handler of Satan to take his soul. And sadly he needs to be saved too just as much as you do. Uh, it doesn't not happen. Let me tell you. Maybe not exactly like that, but it, a version of that has happened many times. The most romantic thing he's ever done for me. That's hard to say. He is... This is going to mean nothing to people that don't study this, but he has so much Piscean energy. He's so romantic. It would be hard to say, but we keep this journal that we've kept since the day we met each other, and it's just filled with like, our thoughts and our feelings and our poetry. So she mentioned Piscean energy. That's all um, horoscope-type stuff. Again, all the horoscope stuff is all witchcraft. So... It's just layers upon layers upon layers of witchcraft. I think Pam and Tommy were twin flames. I think that they were soulmates. Kurt and Courtney is a darker version of the same thing. So I think when you find people that come together, that whose souls have known each other, who have like traveled here to do this again, there's something undeniable about that. And again, it can provoke um, a positive feeling in you or it could provoke a very negative feeling because it is a mirror of what you don't have or think that you don't want. I just think that it's hard to ignore that kind of a connection and that kind of love regardless of if you find it toxic or not. That's irrelevant. <laughs> we don't have like a lot of double dates. Um, we're not doing that. Every, between all of us, there's like 900 kids. So people aren't really like double dating out here a lot. They're like magnetic. They're like this all the time. So nobody's like really interacting with them too much because they're just like stuck. They're stuck together like this. This is a very intense relationship and it's cyclical. And so it gets to these points where like we have to do cleansings. I have gotten to a point where I was like, we need an adrenaline injection of God in this relationship. Adrenaline injection of God in this relationship. Which God? It's not God of the Bible. So you're seeking God. You know, that's the whole point of your next segment is you're talking about uh, connecting to God. 
And so I feel for you if you're wanting to find God, but you're not looking for him in the right place. You're looking for him in the wrong place. And all the worship that you're doing to so-called God is really demons coming into your spirit and worshiping them. And ultimately, you're worshiping Satan. So you clearly identified yourself as to who, whose side you're on, God or Satan's. And so we went to Costa Rica and we had Peruvian shamans who administered the ayahuasca. So that's more witchcraft. She sought after shamans. And it even gets crazier there in that story itself where she's talking about dark energy with the shamans telling her that you have a dark figure around you. Those are demons. So she's, you know, it's just getting, all this is going to come back to her. You don't get to do this stuff and practice witchcraft and go seek shamans and do their ritualistic practices and not come away with uh, more demons inside of you. And um, we each went in with different questions that we wanted the medicine to answer for us. And it was an incredibly intense. Um, the whole experience, like the fasting leading up to it, um, the diet changes, the, you, you're not allowed to drink water after 5 p.m., you are in the middle of the jungle. And I have my questions and my goals, and then he went and he sat to be given his ayahuasca, and everybody else was being given one glass of ayahuasca because it was our first night. And the shaman says something in, in her native language, and then the interpreter is like, we need to give you three doses because you have such a dark, sad spirit standing behind you like an actual like demonic spirit hovering over it see as soon as she said that she loses control of her phone um but what does it say like demonic spirit hovering over him and likely her because she's the one who's leading him to do all this stuff with her so this poor guy if he hadn't met her he probably wouldn't have been in so much occultic stuff but now that fact that they're together well she became his handler, and he got introduced to all this demonic stuff. Not that he wouldn't have done stuff on his own, but as a couple, for sure. To no one's surprise, anyone that knows him, they're all like, no, when I tell that story, nobody's like, oh my God, everybody's like, mm -hmm. and then what? Because we all, we all know that. It bound us together in a way, like that's an experience that such a few amount of people have in general to do it together as a couple and also our journey that we were doing it was affecting the other couples the other people who were there so it was prophetic in a lot of ways and it confirmed a lot of things for us that I needed to know or I needed to feel so she basically just repeated the story of Adam and Eve you know where Eve is the one that went and disobeyed God and took the bite out of the fruit and talking to Satan who lied to her and she believes Satan that if you eat of it you're not going to die but live forever so and then Eve gave Adam to eat the forbidden fruit after she had done so already to bring him into it where they both ended up disobeying God so what this is very similar to her leading the path to doing the witchcraft and then enlisting uh, machine gun Kelly into it and then he participate with her. And now she's calling it some sort of relationship experience. No, you just introduced him into this demonic world. 
just like Eve. It opened a door for a lot of healing for me from a personal experience I had with him um, that allowed us to get to a place where we were now seeking the right outlets to heal moving forward, if that makes sense. It is hard, because I, uh, I travel for long periods of time, and they have to attend school, which is what it is. You know, I wish that I could take them out to travel with me. It would make things a lot easier. I cry often. Every new moon, usually, I have. See, another uh, inference of witchcraft. She cries often, but every new moon. That's what witches do. Okay, so this is not just like her saying, well, I'm so motherly, you know, I miss them and I cry for them. Uh, but no, she cries in her every new moon. More layers of witchcraft. The bath and cry a lot about it because it is hard, not because of pressures that any, anybody else or society puts on you, but it is just hard being separated from them in that way. They are my DNA, like we share spirit, we share blood, we share they shared my heartbeat like it's hard to not feel obligated to be with them all the time or to constantly feel like I'm not doing a good enough job um but I'm also separated from their father so I can only have them half of the time that just is what it is and um in some ways that allows me to have moments for myself where I can live my life as me not just always being someone's mother and that's nice Noah started wearing dresses. So that's another ping against nuclear family and being a mother to their children 100% of the time, not part-time. And, you know, having split homes and divorces and it's just so you can do your own thing and not be a mother for half the time. So it's kind of a blessing for you to have a broken home rather than be a full-time mother who would enjoy being a mother and all of this stuff that comes with that. So you're lucky enough to have three kids, but yet, you know, you want a blessing to be yourself for half the time that you don't have to mother them. Is when Noah was about two. And I bought a bunch of books that sort of address these things, that address a full spectrum of like what what this is and some of the books are about written by transgender children some of the books are just about how you can see how her witchcraft involvement i'm not seeking the real god of the bible but everything else has transcended to it's not only affected her boyfriend husband but she also indoctrinated into this stuff to her children with the transgender early on where she's invoking that every chance she gets. So why would you need to do that? If you're only a mother half the time and you spend that half the time going into more satanic stuff and teaching your children, your young babies into transgenderism. So why would anybody want to listen to you? That, that, that's just, that's the worst evil that you can commit. Among all the other evil stuff that you've already said, that is the worst, is to uh, corrupt your own children. Your boy and wear a dress. Like, you can express yourself through your clothing however you want. That doesn't mean, that doesn't even have to have anything to do with your sexuality. So from the time they were very young, I've incorporated those things into their, into their daily lives so that 
nobody feels like they are weird or strange. So early on she said, well, I'm the leader of the Me Too movement for a decade. And now she turned around and corrupted her kids, young kids, to not only ideas of gay, lesbian, transgenderism, all of that, but sexualizing. That whole movement is designed to sexualize children who don't think about these things naturally. Yet she made sure she presented that to her kids to become, who knows, sexual deviants or some sort of, uh, you know, change the image of God that it's already given to them. So why cry on one thing and say, well, I was heading the Me Too movement, but yet you're now abusing your own children into these ideas, these satanic ideas that they're going to have to live with because of what you did to them. Different. I can't control the way other people react to my children. Um, I can't control the things that other children that they go to school with have been taught and then repeat to them. So that has been a journey. Yes, I do. That's also why I don't really put my children on Instagram or social media. Like, I'm so proud of my kids. Noah is an unbelievable pianist. Noah can learn, you know, Mozart's concerto in an hour and just absolutely shred on the piano. I want people to see that. But I also don't want the world to have access to this gentle soul and say all the things that we all know that they're going to say. So that gentle soul is being taught by you on ideas of satanic stuff. It's, you know, you're going to be held accountable for that. God says whoever corrupts his little ones, they'd be better off that he's tied to a millstone and be thrown in the ocean than to face the wrath of God. So I feel sorry for your kids, and I feel sorry for you because you are the source to corrupt so many people, and you need God in your life to turn this around. I send my kids to a school where the other parents are similar in, in their beliefs, so the kids aren't, no one's nine, and the other kids aren't really on the internet the same way that, like, most kids are. Um, so they, they know that their parents are famous, but their knowledge of it is very limited. I knew that when they were very young, I wanted to try to protect them however I could, and a lot of that had to do with limiting their exposure to the internet. Um, so far, we've done a really good job and like maintained their innocence in a lot of ways. Um, but I know I can't protect them forever. Getting enough sleep, that's obvious, but really being diligent about that. I, when I lose sleep, um, I can really feel the effect that that has on my mental health and traveling for work and being on different time zones and how that affects my pineal gland. I don't smoke cigarettes. I never do recreational drugs. I'm so she talked about pineal glands. That's what fallen people talk about. That's another layer of witchcraft. You know, not having enough sleep affects my pineal gland. No, it doesn't. It affects your whole body. And the fact that you're talking about your pineal gland, it, you're in tune with all this witchcraft stuff. Always completely sober. I don't even drink a glass of wine. I'm not saying you have to be like that. I'm saying for me, that, that's how I feel the best. Um, but also self-care is a, enough quiet time to be able to connect to my super conscious, my higher conscious, to connect to God, to connect to spirit. 
So she spends all this downtime to connect to his spirit, connect to God. Again, we know it's not God of the Bible, so she's really connecting to her demons and connecting to Satan, you know, trying, attempting to align herself with the dark spirit, spiritual world. And this lifestyle makes that very difficult sometimes, and I do feel very lost when I'm not able to do that. I avoid my phone as much as I possibly can all the time, but there are times where I avoid it completely. The same thing with anything that has, like, an LED light in it. And I just go back to what our bodies were, were made for, which is to be in nature and to be silent within ourselves. Every day, if I have the chance, I'll watch a Harry Potter movie. Um, and they never get old. Ugh. So I was almost buying into, she spoke a little bit of truth. We are not meant to be in the world of full of technology and our gadgets and stuff. We're meant to connect with God and be in our natural form and connect with nature. Not connect, but really that's how we were to live. Connect is the wrong word. We are to embrace natural living and natural world and and live a life with God and not through this uh, technology, Satan's kingdom that we're all sort of embraced. It's hard to, you know, not be able to use these things because we're now part of it. But it is putting us in prison. So she was right about that. But now what does she start to talk about? More witchcraft. So she spends every single day looking at uh, or the movie uh, Harry Potter, which is all about witchcraft. And that's what she, like, focuses on every single day. Who watches the same movie every single day of your life? Come on. To me, the same thing with Lord of the Rings, like, or a fantastic beast. Like, that's always what I'm going to put on above anything else because it just gives me a place to escape into fantasy and into magic. Sometimes it's honestly, it just comes down to... So... She's into magic. She's escaping into fantasy. She's totally bought into this uh, world of satanic world. You know, to, that's what the Harry Potter movies did was to corrupt, you know, all the children and anyone who watches it to this fantasy world of witchcraft and magic. And so now she's telling everyone that she regularly or almost daily watches these movies to be embraced in those ideas of magic and witchcraft. Like where it's shooting, like I've chosen things because it was shooting in an exotic location before I felt like that place was going to change my life. I did this with a movie in Africa before, and it did. And they're also the kinds of movies I like making because um, I'm really good with my physical, I'm good with my body, I'm good with stunts, stunt fighting, learning weapons, things like that. Um, and that gives me a place to express my physical energy. I don't really enjoy being locked in a studio in a room doing a lot of dialogue. Not everything has to be a B-side where you're like pushing for critical acclaim. I'm really not bothered by that. So I'm not always like on the lookout for my, my Oscar nomination. I really don't care. It's like, I like these big fun movies. I just think I would like to be remembered as somebody who was brave, who was unafraid to explore and become myself regardless of anyone else's commentary but I also want my legacy eventually to be someone who helped others either helped others to find themselves in a similar way or helped others to feel love to, to
So self-love is to give that love. When the Bible says you are to love others and the way to have the love of God is to follow his commands and that's the only way you can love others. So let me go back to that one part of it. It says, it says that is love of God to keep his commands. So the self-love that she's talking about, that's satanic love. It's not, she's there not helping people but corrupting people. Everyone that's around her She's corrupting them to witchcraft. And anyone who follows her, she's corrupting them to witchcraft. So this is uh so how do we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands? And in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, but everyone born of God overcomes the world. That is a victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God is the one that overcomes the world. So you can't have love for other people unless you know what the Word of God is and follow His commands. And through following His commands, you're able to love everyone else around you because you're not the one who's committing those sins and falling into traps of witchcraft and, you know, just in this 15-20 minute video of hers, she's already identified, like, I don't know, five, ten different ways of how she practices witchcraft and what she believes in. This is all the stuff, I know it, it got a little choppy watching her, but uh, I'm not demonstrating the video in her full to showcase her. I'm, I'm showing you the video to stop and start where she actually says something that a Christian, every Christian knows this, but if you're not a Christian, you should know what those things are and what they really mean. Um, but if you want to catch a full video without interruption, you're welcome to go watch it on Glamour uh, YouTube channel, and you can watch it in full. But here, I hope that you learn something and see what she's actually saying when she's saying all these things. And it might be normal for a lot of people say, oh, it's no big deal about, you know, reading the horoscope or seeking the shaman or drinking, you know, a drop of blood or any of that stuff. For many people, they might think this is just nothing to it. But there is a lot to it because you're invoking the demonic world. And if you're prepared to handle the demonic world in your own soul, because God is not going to live there, you're not worshiping God. If you're prepared to deal with demons and gain power through demons, you know, you can do that. God gave us all free will to choose him or choose Satan. And ultimately, we're all going to have to make that choice at the time of the mark of the beast is given. You know, you're going to go with God or you're going to go with satanic king kingdom. So these people are just telling you which kingdom they belong to right now. But God gave us time to reach these people and save them. So anyone who, you know, is around Megan can influence her to right way to God, then she will be saved and she'll have the eternal life that she's actually seeking deep inside of her soul. But she's not going to find it because she's seeking all the satanic stuff to reach whatever that she wants to be, uh, wants to manifest in her life. And the sad part is, like right now, like if you look at her 10 to 20, 30 years later, you're going to see the effects of all the demonic stuff that has taken hold of her. 
you know, like Bible says, it's not just one demon. She could be invoking a legion of demons inside of her from all the little different things that she does. So watch what happens to her in the future. She's either going to die off uh, because she went way too deep in the witchcraft stuff or her physical appearance is going to start to change and shift where she's going to start to look freaky. You know, like she's already kind of half transformed from her natural self to what she is now. But more and more deeper as she goes into this years later, I guarantee it, she's not even going to resemble her good looks that she has right now. It's going to look very freaky and very demonic as time goes on. So everything that she's showing us today, it'll manifest in our life. So I hope, you know, Machine Gun Kelly and her find the true love of God and can repent from all this witchcraft and go find a good Christian-based church to undo all the damage that they're doing to themselves. Thank you for watching.